This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. I'm excited for this episode because you need to turn it up. You need to save this to your favorites. I don't actually know if you can do that or not, but if you could, you should save it to your favorites because this episode just kind of came up and the guest that's sitting with me, like my, I guess I would say my competitor of mine too, is like, we are having the same conversations to the contractor world. And I thought, well, dude, you are also in Arizona. So why don't you just come by, check out the new Rhino office. Let's hop on a podcast and let's talk about this so we can put this shit to bed. So Josh Crouch, welcome to the studio, my friend. Hey, Chris, it's great to be here, man. I love the new, love the new shop. It's been, uh, it's been, I see the videos, I've seen all the promotions and it, 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 it doesn't do it justice. Dude, founder of Relentless Digital. Um, we met the first time at a CEO Warrior event and it must've been like maybe 17 or 18 or somewhere around there. It was a while ago. And you were working for a uh, professional services, uh, professional services yep. in Wisconsin. Yep. Wisconsin. 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 Yep. Got it. So you were in the contracting world now in my world for the last few years and starting to grow like a nice little following and customer base and build a little business. Congratulations on that. It's not fucking easy. That's no, for sure. It's not. Um, and if you've ever been the account manager in your own company, you know what that feels like. It's kind of like being an opponent, opponent to Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> it can, you feel like a punching bag sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, uh, the interesting thing about, you know, the, the topic I want to hit on being you know, demand leads and, and all this stuff on like, Hey, let's jump ship because these guys aren't performing. Let's jump ship to another marketing company. Like this has got to stop. Um, and so, you know, we, are large, like we are significantly different size companies, but we're hearing the same things. And so it's, you know, you, you care about the contractors like I care about the contractors. And, and part of that is getting them the most accurate information so they can make good business decisions because they have livelihoods. They've got employees who have their livelihoods that are involved in them making good decisions. So at least from the marketing perspective, we can share the facts, the facts so they can put that one to bed and then start making better decisions for their business. And by the way, since demand is down and that's not just us saying it, I wanted, I asked Josh, I said, Hey, you know, there was a post that you made. I want to say it was like a week or so ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago talking about this and even sharing some of the facts from Google trends showing like, Hey, listen, overall search volume is down like it or not. And not only is it down in some markets, um, you know, from the past, pre the past few years where it's been significantly up, it's down before the pandemic hit when things were more normal, let's call it. So it's even there's plenty of markets that are below that. So it's real. And you, the contractor, have to deal with it. And the way you don't deal with it is like losers do. And losers say, you know what? They come up with excuses. It's not demand. It can't be me. It can't be internal. Like, it's not me. It's got to be marketing. Well, that's total bullshit. So put it to bed. So vulnerability is an absolute superpower when used correctly, right? And you have to be vulnerable to say, you know what? I might not have it figured out because guess what? A lot of the biggest contractors and companies in the entire United States of America have all put themselves in that position to grow and to, be, to become students again, even as big as they are for certain things. So there's no shame in that game of saying, damn, I need to dial in my answering uh, or my CSRs or damn, I need to dial in my memberships and how I'm handling my memberships or whatever. So, so I want to put this whole thing to bed and just say, 
Listeners, we are here. We have come together to help you understand the lay of the land in regards to marketing and what's realistically out there now. So I asked Josh to come in because of that post. It made sense. There was a lot of, you know, conversation back and forth. We've had lots of those conversations back and forth. So let's jump into it. But first, before we get into, um, like just jumping right into it, maybe let the listeners know, um, a little bit about you who've never heard of Josh or never heard of relentless. Um, cause contrary to popular belief, not everybody's on social media. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and it's funny cause that's, that's how I built my business. And I'm realizing that now I get to a certain size, like social media world's only so big. So we're doing other things similar to like what you guys do with shows, events, things like that. But, um, so I was, I've, I've been in the contracting space. Ironically, I got hired as an accountant in 2013, small little HVAC company. I thought, I was that the world you were going into was a CPA? Uh, I, I, th- <laughs> I, I always like numbers, statistics, and data, which is ironic that we're talking about sure. this today. And I thought that was where I wanted to go. And I wasn't that Sounds great of awful. an accountant at that point, but this HVAC company needed help and they probably they needed someone that was a little lower on the payroll, not a, not a high level accountant. Uh, within about three weeks, I was literally like running the office because that's my background is running small businesses. Uh-huh. I grew up in a small family business. Um, learned a ton through there and have been in the trades ever since. So since 2013, and then in 2020, I was at professional services. Uh, I was a little different role for me. I've always kind of been in the operations role, but I was more focused on marketing and just the operations internally, service Titan, all of those types of things, making sure our systems were really dialed in. Yep. And I remember when the pandemic hit and they canceled baseball and they canceled <laughs> basketball and all this stuff. And it was crazy because our kid just had a basketball term. Like, oh, he's not even going to be able to finish this <laughs> tournament. There was this two-week period in 2020 until like the first week of April or the second week of April where the phones were dead. Nothing was going on. And ever, nobody had any clue what was going to happen. Ironically enough, about a month before that I started, I got my first client. <laughs> and I, it, ironically, they were from Canada. They weren't even from the U.S. It just happened to be I was in a coaching. That's because they were close to Wisconsin. And they could yeah, apparently he liked the dialect <laughs> because we talked similarly. But um, so I kind of got a, a, an interesting perspective on where this thing is gone. Because then literally after that two-week period, pandemic, everything exploded. We didn't even have to try. Yeah. People were literally throwing money at us. Like, we're going to, if we're going to be locked in our house, we're going to upgrade everything. We're going to be comfortable. We're going to take care of all the things that we were going to take care of before, which obviously coincided with all the real estate yeah. price increases and everything else. Um, so it's been an interesting ride. And I remember what it was like to run a contracting business prior <laughs> to that. And it was a grind. I remember, especially uh, one particular winter, I don't know if it was like 2016 or so, it's getting closer to Christmas when people's wallets tighten up. We were outbounding like crazy calling everybody we could on our list to try to get tune-ups. Pandemic almost got rid of that completely. People literally were just finding they needed work done, yep. no matter what it was. And now I feel like we're finally back in that point in time where the really smart operators are going to shine. The people that grew just because, like everyone you saw, you see all the posts, everyone's yep. having record months every single month. <laughs> Even if it's not the middle of summer, it's like something's <laughs> not right here. Well, we finally crashed back down to earth. And that's where we sit today. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, perfect. So uh, I like that you have that perspective on both sides of it, have been uh, the contracting level as well as the marketing level and experienced all the things. And so this is where the data analysis part really does come into play because it takes theory out of the, out of the way and puts facts into play. And that is how Rhino has built our businesses using the data. Like, you know, we have our Rhino checks reporting dashboard that, and all the call listeners listening to all the things, we're always trying to find the facts to move the business forward. Are we re- like, is it us? Is it you, the contractor? Who, who is it? 
for the greater good of are we doing a good job? Because our main uh, our main mission for Rhino is we exist to grow your business, period. Well, we have to know the facts that, to be able to do that. And that means also getting really good information. So that's what we're trying to do right now on this podcast is give you really good, factual, tangible data so you can start making better decisions and prepare for fall and winter that's coming up. So some of you that are listening to this that might be you know, up, uh, up north or Midwest or whatever, like you're at the beginning phases of fall. So what did you do to prepare for fall? Because let's just say like, you know, here in Phoenix, Arizona, we had for the month of July, as you got to experience for your first July, uh, 29 of the 31 days were all 110 plus degrees. So though the first half of the year was very slow, very, very slow, uh, a lot of people were able to make some of that stuff up here in July in Arizona. Um, same, same in like Southern California, South Texas, things like that. But here in Arizona it was um, very, very warm. But still, that felt good in the moment, but now you're going back to where you just were. What are you doing differently? Because demand leads her down. So in the words of uh, uh, Uncle Joe Crisara, so what should we do? <laughs> so, so that's where I went ahead is what should you do? What should you be focusing on? That is, though you and I run digital marketing companies to do lead generation, as a good partner, this is part of our job is to share with them other things that they should be looking into. So to set, you know, to set the, the record straight on demand, I thought, you know what, let's just jump in and share some of these things because it's not just something that we're saying. If you have another marketing company, it's not just something that they're saying. You, you think you need to jump ship and maybe in some cases you do. Uh, you might think the grass is greener on, on the other side, but maybe that grass, grass is synthetic lawn. You know, it's not real, you know, but as long as you know, like they're not lying to you, if you feel like you're maxing the opportunity, but they're not lying to you, then maybe you realize, okay, I need to, to not worry about jumping ship, you know, going to a different marketing company or bringing in a house or whatever. Maybe you need to bring it in house. I don't know, but, but, but do it with facts. So looking at 2019 overall demand, before the pandemic hits, we'll call that the, I use air quotes, normal. That was the normal time, right? That, that was the normal stuff. As soon as you, we talked about in 2020, once like the weird shit was passed in March, um, same thing. We experienced from a digital marketing company, a massive boom in things. And even us as a company, Rhino, took off because our existing customers were getting bigger. We added more people because they were like, well, now I need to do more things. Demand was ridiculously high and it just kept going up. It was like the best case scenario. Now, now is the worst case scenario. Now's the worst case scenario because if you're listening right now and you're like, I'm feeling that pinch, my numbers are down, everything's down. I promise you, so is the majority of everybody else. The majority of everybody else to an extent. But also what came into play here is private equity got real busy over the last few years and I've been involved with it for so long at this point in time because I've had many, many customers that have been acquired by private equity even before the pandemic. But during the pandemic is when it got real crazy, right? And some of you listening now are, are part of that and congratulations to you for choosing a wise time to do it and maxing out your multiples. Um, but here's what we're dealing with now. Here's the back end of that. So you look at 2023 and there is more new equipment than homes than ever before right now. And that means there's more newer equipment in homes than ever before right now. So, and we would hope that that equipment is more efficient and better built than it has ever been before. So, which would require less go backs, not always true, but you know what I'm saying? It's gotta be, it's gotta be, uh, down, right? Like repair overall repair work has gotta be down. So we're not going back on warranty work or whatever it is as much. It's just not there. So that's down, but 
The downside is there's more marketing companies throwing money at campaigns than ever before. So we got lower demand, but more companies competing for it. And then you layer on top of it all the private equity that's involved. I mean, like some of these private equity groups own like 50, 60 different companies. And guess what they're willing to do? They're willing to outspend you. Oh, yeah. So then now you have all these companies that are not only throwing, we got more companies throwing money at marketing campaigns. Now we have more throwing bigger budgets at campaigns. And guess what? Google is supply and demand. Right. So if the demand is still high and the money is getting higher, Google will take their money. They are a for profit business. So, you know, there's there's now even more money being thrown at these things, thus driving up cost per lead, cost per click. Like you've got to be super dialed in with your paid ad campaigns to get the best cost for for, for cost per conversions, getting the conversion rates. Like there's so many variables at play, but you can't factor out the fact that uh, the pool is smaller and we're spending more money. It's like shooting the fish in the barrel, except the only problem is, is that now there's like 80 guns shooting in this one barrel with still, with a smaller group of fish. Like who's going to get it? That was a really shitty analogy. <laughs> but point being is the demand is significantly higher from the contractors on needing leads, but the actual demand business that's available is significantly smaller even than before we started the pandemic. So what do we do? What do we do? So what has been like, what have you been feeling too? Cause I'm sure you're getting the same stuff, but like, what are you feeling and what are you seeing? Like, what's the Google trend sharing with you? Like what, just give me some of the data that you come that you've seen. Yeah. And, and right before I get into that, so how the, how the post came about and this was, it was conversations with really smart operators, Billy Stevens, Matt Tyner. I know you guys are yep. good friends. Um, I, I asked them cause guys like Matt Tyner and, and their company, they're hundred million dollars. So they're, they, if they're going to feel a trend, it's going to be them before someone that's half a million or a million dollars. Right. And they're up about 15% this year. And I asked him, I said, so what are, what are you guys doing? Like you guys looking at AI stuff? Like I was asking a bunch of questions because obviously there's a lot of topics out there that are hot right now. And he said, we're just doing the basic things really well. And I had that conversation with him. And then of course, Billy Stevens has a completely different perspective on running an operation. He's one of the best that there probably has been. He's kind of introduced PE to our, to our industry. But the, the common theme between those two conversations was they're taking care of their own. They're not worried so much, about, they're, they're obviously worried about getting new customers, but they're taking care of them. They're, they're protecting their backyard. And uh, it, it really struck a chord with me. And I've repeated it several times, even with our own business, like how can we make sure that we just do the basic things really well. Cause there's so many fancy things out there. Everybody's heard of AI chat, GPT and all yep. this other stuff. There's a lot of distractions. Yep. How do you do the basic things really well? How do you answer the phone? How do you have a system to make sure that missed calls, voicemails, abandoned calls get called back? How do you make sure your form submissions get a text back or something quickly, right? They the people, because there are so many options, they're not going to wait even 10 minutes today. They're going to go to the next option if they don't hear from you. So how do we do those things and do them really well and focus on those and just continually get better at those? Because, and, and honestly, you're, I remember your talk back at CUR, we, the call tracking list, that was literally like one of the first things I had to have set up. It's like, we got to know, we got to know if the, where is, are they bad leads? Are the contractors dropping the ball? Where is the disconnect so we can help each other? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was a lot from listening to the conversation you've had in front of a lot of different audiences. But um, to, to get into the trends, I, I started digging into this a little bit, honestly, just because I, I nerded out on this stuff and it was just, well, let's see what's going on. And I've had the conversation. So I'm like, well, let me, let me see if what I'm feeling is actually based in fact. And we, we ran these, these trends and obviously you guys can't see this because of the podcast, but we ran them for 
California, Washington, New York, Florida, Texas, and, and some just some various big marks, Arizona. New York. Yeah, New yep. York. And the, the trend is almost the same throughout every market where 2020 went up, 2021 was the peak, 2022 started coming back down, and now we're 2023, we're, we're at or even below the demand for AC repair, air conditioning repair, HVAC services from 2019. So we're at a, like a five-year low in searches. And honestly, I feel like a lot of it's been because of this wave that we've all been riding. We're riding this wave and people are throwing, oh yeah, I'll replace that. Yeah. Financing was super cheap. Everything was super easy to buy. Yeah. Obviously that's changed yeah. here in 23. Yeah. And this, to, to use the analogy of a perfect storm, literally we have had almost just about every damn thing that could go, <laughs> that could make this year a challenge, a challenge. New equipment, more expensive equipment, uh, Private equity. Now we're now we got lots of money dumping into, like you said, Mother you know, Nature. Mother Nature has <laughs> sucked until pretty much like uh, in in the Texas market, for instance. I ran this and I was looking. Normally they start getting a higher level demand in early May. That yeah. didn't come until almost the middle of June. June yeah, and it's so everything's been delayed. So everyone's like, well, the calls just aren't there. So I'm, well, I have to try to figure out where that is. You have to try to figure <laughs> out what it is. And 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 Google Trends is a is a great like, just a high level tool to be like, hey. Is this actually down? Am I seeing what I'm feeling? Is it truth or is it fact? Right. And that's how this came about. Um, and, and that's really where the post came about is like, okay, now that we know that this is the truth and we have something to back it up, what can, what should we do? What can we do yeah. to, for the, you know, to use Joe Crisara's favorite famous yeah. line. But, so. uh, and that's really where we're going to get into today is because we're going to try to give you guys some, some tips and some helpful things to help you protect your backyard and start looking at these things from a different perspective. Instead of, I need more new leads. What can you do today or in say September, October, when the temperatures start cooling down to stay busy and to keep your guys, keep your team. So that way you're not losing employees and you have to start all over next year. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah. And so I want to just preface this by saying, by no means are we saying, hey, we are operators for contracting companies. We're giving you from our perspective on the things that we've learned, or at least things from a marketing perspective that you could use to, that maybe you're not completely using to its advantage. And, and maybe it's a free tool like a Google business profile or something like that, that you're not really filling out or using FAQs or whatever it is. So it's not like we're saying, hey, we're going to show you how to, you know, uh, cut your uh, OPEX on, <laughs> like, I'm not telling you those things. It's just the simple things that that we see frequently being missed that could easily be uh, changed or looked at better or measured better to help you besides lead generation. That doesn't mean you need to stop doing lead gen. It's just that maybe you need to shift the focus a little bit knowing Legion is going to be low because demand is low. What else can I do? So uh, I want to jump into some of those things, but thanks for sharing that information. And, and so even though you guys are listening and you can't see what I had asked Josh to do coming into this was, Hey, pull this Google trend data. So that way we have it. So though you can't see it, uh, if you're watching on, on YouTube, um, you'll see he's got a stack of papers in, in front of him. 
Um, but, and those stack of papers are Google trends. And he did share some of these in his posts as well. So you can see some of this stuff too, but all things that we would be willing to share, um, but you can Google it. It's, it's weird. Free. You there's, can there's Google no it. It's free. Just go to Google and type in Google trends. And, uh, and it might require a little bit of you figuring out how to use the drop downs and but I promise you it's actually even super easy to use. So it's not difficult. Reach out to Josh, uh, reach out to myself or somebody like one of us will be able to help get you figure it out, but just go, you can Google it to look yourself to see how many people are searching for the word air conditioning repair, AC repair, AC installation, all these things. So no matter if you're in garage doors, roofing, plumbing, drain, doesn't matter. You can look at search volume for all of it and you can go back to or whatever year you need to go back to. So for this particular podcast, I just wanted to go pre-pandemic when it was normal, air quotes, to today. And how do we compare? Because if you've started a new business over the last few years, you've experienced a new business like most have not. So you already have this unrealistic expectation of what's out there because you came in when, when it was literally at its peak, which is why everybody was selling because it was at its peak. You know, private equity doesn't get involved in things when they're sucking. You know, they get involved in things when they see an uptick, you know, so they probably wish they got involved now 100%. in 2019 because they would have made a ton of money. A hundred percent when multiples were like six X's and things like that. So, but now is time to, you know, to, to tighten up the ship as we, you know, as we say, you know, or just to tidy up your house, like get things in order or protect your backyard like you're talking about. So, so the thought is, you know, when, uh, I'm speaking to Pantheon this year uh, and I'm going to go and I'm going to talk. I was asked to talk about some of these specific things, which is why I thought this would be a great one to kind of tease that. It, the timing just all worked out on it. Your post, you know, intrigued the conversation. Uh, I'm championing your post for you because I'm like, congratulations, Josh. Thank you for sharing that. Please, everybody else keep pushing it, that narrative because it's the truth. Now let's talk about some of the things that can be that can be done. I look at it like, you know, even in my business uh, at 15 years, we still have holes in our boat. We're still trying to plug holes and figure them out as a scaling and growing business. Um, so you plug this hole and there's one, but then there's like, you know, another one over here. I got to plug this one. And is this hole bigger than that hole? Like, you know, do I need to use my hand? Can I use my finger? To I plug just use this analogy with my wife when we were talking about this. I lose the bucket analogy. I'm like, oh, there's holes, you know, just got to, you got to continue to plug. You got to find them and plug them. A hundred percent. It's the only way you're going to grow and only way you're always going to have holes. And they just might be hopefully a little smaller. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. Um, the, you're a hundred percent right. So, so the, the analogy works because that is really what we're trying to do is how we, how do we stop the, you know, the leaking from happening, you know, and, and you absolutely 100% have control over that. If you are a manager in a business a leader in the contracting business, you own the contracting business, you have any sort of influence whatsoever on the business, you have control over these things and you can't blame anybody else. So like one of the simple things too, in, in the podcast I posted a couple of weeks ago, was around this, uh, was around an answering service because you know, I've preached this one forever that this is one thing over the last decade. It's been longer than that, but really over the last decade where I've really tried to solve this answering service shit show that we've have to deal with as, as contractors on just finding the least suckiest one. And, um, and, and it, whoever does finally get it figured out is a gold mine. Like when you get it figured out, as long as you're not using people overseas, you know, or people who, when they answer the phone are not a good representation of your business, which by the way, unfortunately is the majority of answering services is I finally at least found one that I've known about for years. I used them for years and they sucked. And then the, the new guy, David came in and took it over, redid all their tech stack, redid all their Q and a process, you know, brought their, um, the answering agents to, who speak um, English without the accents, you know, that, um, and that matters. Like I'm not being, you know, disrespectful. It, or ma it matters. I know I've listened to hundreds of thousands of hours of calls every single month for a long time. 
to know what matters. Because at the end of the day, I need the contractor to book the call too. Because if they don't book the call, they don't get the lead, they don't sell the product, they don't make the money, they don't continue to market. Or they might not increase marketing. I want them to grow too. So I'm trying to pay attention to these things on their behalf. But it, man, it would sure be nice if one would just step up. So from my experience, you know, and in some of our um, customers using that company, that was one way where I'm like, thank goodness. There's like, you just got to be good. You ain't even got to be great. Just be good. And and I, we found that um, in, in Nexa, which is why I brought the guy on. That was a big deal for me to bring somebody on and like give it my seal of approval. And people are saying, well, Chris must have ownership in Nexa or he must get a kickback from Nexa. And the answer is, no, I do not. <laughs> I don't mean those things. I wish I did. Um, but um, I believe in what they're building because of the way it's impacted my customers. I mean, Gettle's using them, Penguin's using them. Like, the, clearly they've got some good things going on. So to me, I don't offer it. You don't offer it. But it's AC. I will never offer it. It's, it, it it's, <laughs> no way. It's hard to attach it, but it impacts me what we yeah. do for these guys, you know? So that's an option is who are you using for your answering service? And I'm not saying you have to use next. I'm just giving that as an example. It doesn't matter who you're using, but whoever it is, maybe start listening to some of those calls. And if you don't, if you're not getting call recordings, then there's step one, either get a call tracking number to give them to use. Um, but they should have call recordings that they're using for quality assurance. Um, and then you can hear how they're actually performing and hold them accountable to it. Cause I promise you, you are losing a shitload of money by having these subpar answering services. So that's, one thing that you can do, um, I'll go go down my list, but I'm going to mention one more thing, and then I want to kind of pass the you know pass the buck to you a little bit. The other thing is, and this is again no secret, but CSRs. And if you don't have CSRs, and it's maybe you because you're a newer business and you're answering your own phone, or you have an office manager who's answering your phone, or a new dispatcher, or whatever. Anybody who's doing call handling, you better start focusing on that person because every single call counts. And as you're going into fall and winter, every single call counts. The thing that always drives me the most crazy whenever we do reporting, especially at a private equity level, because I see all brands in one report and I love to look at missed calls per brand, um, is when I see missed calls, I always wonder what the hell the call was going to be. What was it? Was it going to be a lead? The odds are that all of them were going to be a lead? Probably not. All of, none of them were going to be a lead? Probably not. Somewhere on there, there was going to be some good leads, but what were they going to be? We don't know. So I'm trying to get that out of the way because every single call counts. So put a little focus on your... CSRs, you know, and, and developing them and holding them accountable, having them listen to their own phone calls and just maximizing every opportunity that comes in. And by the way, even if somebody's like, hey, ABC, uh, are you ABC contractor? Maybe you're not ABC, but figure out how to potentially convert that lead maybe over to you. Not ABC, but we can do this. We can get there right now. Here's our offering to you, you know, and so if it doesn't work out, we're happy to get to you, you know, XYZ time. Just little things, man, focusing on that. So, between answering services, you mentioned outbounding. Still, a lot of people don't outbound. Outbounding is a big deal. You know, it's funny. So I, I finally got to the point now in our company where I'm not doing sales. But every time I'd have these, these, these conversations with contractors, I would be, you know, we, we have these conversations about what they're doing for marketing and all this kind of stuff. You're not doing sales and, already? Yes. You know, it took I'm me out. like 13 years to get there. <laughs> I'm very happy I'm not. It allows <laughs> me to focus on some other stuff. But um, one of the questions I always ask is, how often do you talk to your existing customers? And that sound you hear, that, that, that crickets, the no noise, that's literally what I hear. It, oh, yeah, yeah we, we probably could do a better job of that. And what happens is you get the lead the first time, you never talk to the customer again. You don't email them, you don't call them, you don't text them, you don't do anything. You just, well, I got, I'm, more, I'm on to the next golden goose, right? I'm on to trying to find the next $15,000 install, and hopefully they call me back. So I, put, the, I put a sticker on the <laughs> furnace, so they'll call me, right? 
that doesn't happen. Like, so they lose focus of the LTV, the lifetime value of the actual yes. customer. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Well, so so there's there's that component. Um, so I think uh, as an industry, and again, this this comes more from my ops background on the contractor side versus the digital marketing side. But from an ops background, that's that was always my focus, and and a lot of it I had to do myself through tech, like just texting people. But now there's tools. Service Titan's got a, a vast array of tools. There's other programs out there that have a vast array of tools that you can literally upload a list and you can start texting. Obviously, there's some rules and regulations with right. that, but if nothing else, email your customers. Like, just talk to them once in a while and give them some value because regardless of what you think, a lot of people are like, well, I'm an HVAC contractor and nobody wants to hear from me. <laughs> it's not true. You have things that are valuable for them, especially like in Phoenix, blog posts and videos about what to do during these heat waves to keep your family safe. I bet you that's, you post on social media and you do a blog, that's going to get a ton of traction monsoons. in your local monsoons, how to hot how, boobs. How, yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite new word here, by the way. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that way. And, and, and this, this is something that actually, when I had the conversation with Billy Stevens, he made a post that also had, uh, was really relevant because I think a lot of times we're, we're taught by coaching organizations to pre-qualify customers on the phone. And I agree with that when you are busy. I think with the fact that demand is down and your board may not be full, I think that needs to be used as a lever. So let's say your normal fee is $99 come out. Well, if the board's not full, maybe your CSR needs to put them on a brief hold and see like that, if that's the barrier because you didn't sell, you didn't get enough value over the phone, which we know most of the time, that's where the... Homeowner, homeowners have no, they're like, well, don't you get free estimates? Like, can't you just come out and look at it? Or my water's dripping for a plumber. Like, you don't have to diagnose it. I, the water's dripping. It's right here. I know where it is. So they, they almost feel like, what, are you just trying to, you're trying to rip me off before you give them the door with this fee? Use the fee as a guy. Like, yes, try to get a fee to come out to at least cover some costs, but book the call. Book the call. If, if it means you have to go out there for free, you can't, you're never going to make a profit on a service fee or a tune-up fee or anything else. You're not going to, get anywhere without getting in the home and talking to the customer. So however you need to look at that. And we've had some people that have uh, posted after Billy went through with that. And I, and I love the philosophy because it's a lever when you're busy fees up, right? Because we do need to pre-qualify customers. If this fall, when we're down, it absolutely needs to be something you consider. Like maybe we need to go out for $19 as a inspection or whatever, whatever the case <clears throat> is, because I know the, the big companies are going to do it. Because they know once they get in the home, their sales process that has been taught over and over and over again works at least a certain percentage of the time. They're going to close 70% of calls. This is their average ticket. This is how many homes they got to get into. And it's a numbers game. But the smaller contractors don't know that. So they're looking at like, well, is, if they're not going to pay $99, that's not my customer. Says who? Right. And, and that's yeah. that. So again, book the call. Find a way to be flexible with that because as prices go up for everything. And obviously moving from Wisconsin, to Arizona, I felt that pretty hard. This isn't like moving from California to Arizona. Like everything's probably twice as expensive as it was, but as wallets get tighter, interest rates go up, people have less money, less disposable income that they're just going to willingly throw away like they were in the past. You need to be willing to work with them and find a solution, get in the home. And then once you're in the home, pr pr provide your value, your level of service. And you're, you're going to get the tickets that you get with your sales process, but you got to get in the home first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of our job to support that is we also got to change up our call to actions to get people to even want to call them in the first place. Right. Like, so um, I'm a big believer in financing options too. I mean, I'm always bigger and big believer in 
look around, see what you know, your competitors are offering and like offering. And, and if it's like a market like Phoenix, that's massive. You can break Phoenix down to like quad. You can break it down to Scottsdale if you want to, or the West Valley, or um, if you're in LA, you can break it down in about 50 different <laughs> ways or New York, you know, get the boroughs. Like you can break these things down up to kind of see what your competitors are offer, offering and then, um, and then adjust what your call to action is. I'm not telling you to race to the bottom on cost. Josh isn't telling you to race to the bottom on cost. It's get in the house and then maximize the opportunity because what you also don't want to do is go to the house, waste the time, the money, the gas, like all the things and not be prepared to max out that opportunity. So going, then some of this will come into play where it's like, I, I staffed up in summer and now you got to carry them into, you know, into fall because I don't have as much demand. Well, better get creative because that is coming. Like that's coming too. And sometimes keeping them busy is still valuable versus losing that person until it picks back up. So there's different things at play, but maxing out your memberships is a, is a big piece of this thing. Well, a lot of people over, and honestly, I, I was guilty of this too. Before I was at professional services, I, I started a new branch for a company and I had this wild, like three option membership plan. And it was like, you know, you got your VIP and your gold and your silver and all this stuff. And it was hard to sell because it was confusing. And if we, we simplify member, memberships, again, just like tune-up fees, just like service fees are never going to be a profit center, but it's going to allow you an opportunity in October, November, December, get back in the house, have your techs take their time. They can spend two, two and a half hours on a call and you're not rushed. Go through everything. See what rooms are not comfortable. See, maybe there's been a slow, uh, maybe one of the tubs has been a slow leak and you got a drain cleaning call. Like there's things that you can do, but you got to get back in the home and you got to own that customer. And if you don't have, if your customer's not tied into some sort of membership, literally, <laughs> and I know this goes back to last year and, and we had a nice little fun uh, social media banter about memberships and, <laughs> and all that type of stuff. But memberships are still very much alive. I think Frontier Airlines actually, or is it Frontier or Legion or someone has like a two ninety nine all you can fly a certain oh, time of the year. It was a Legion. I think. I, it was yeah. one of the, it was one of the, the lower level airlines with the seats that are feel like it's a, you're literally <laughs> on like a cardboard box or something. Um, but memberships are very, every PE company wants recurring revenue. That's what they're looking for. Businesses with recurring revenue and recurring customers, because they know the lifetime value of that house is so much greater than just the sum of one call and make it easy to buy. Honestly, and it's anything under 200 bucks is usually pretty easy to get approval from a spouse or significant. Hey, they're going to come back. They're going to take care of us. We're going to be first in line. It's, it's this for the year. Okay. Not a big deal. Like you, you spend more on coffee for the month than you do on a membership to actually keep your family comfortable in a climate like this, where it's 115 degrees every day. So I think things like that are just super, super valuable. But this is the time when you have all these calls to stack those up. Maybe you can't spend two hours on a call now, you're just replacing a capacitor, but you can get them on a membership to come back and then do your full inspection when you have time. Right. So that's, that's where I would, where I would challenge people to, to, to try to just implement that in your business. Even just start get 50 of them, get a hundred of them, just see what that looks like for your business. Cause it's going to change things for you. So this is going to sound really silly and simple, but still is very, very underutilized. Even in my own business, same thing. How about asking for referrals? <laughs> like it's not weird unless you make it weird. Like there's a, there, <clears throat> there's an art to asking for referrals. It doesn't sound like you're being desperate. It can be like a specific call to action or whatever, 
But don't be afraid to ask for referrals. If somebody's really happy with the job that you've done, they're in their best mindset of, of about you and your business in that moment. And even though the odds are probably that the majority don't have a referral to give you on the spot, some could, or, or it could be when Jill's goes to dinner with, you know, Billy and Sherry. And uh, I just use really old names. <laughs> My mom's name is Sherry. Um, sorry, mom. Did you just call your mom? Old? I sure did. <laughs> um, so, but they could be going in, in like, it comes up the next day or whatever. And then like, oh yeah, well I just use so-and-so like, cause in, and they were great. And then you give the, refer like those things happen. Like that, it's just that people will be like, yeah, like what the odds are probably, uh, you know, pretty low. Yeah, but there's still odds and like, you can still get something. And guess what? Like when demand is low, you got to do all the things and that's an easy one. You're already there. They're already happy. Can I get a referral? You know, if you know somebody else, you're not saying, can I get a referral from you, Mrs. Jones? It's. Hey, if you know anybody else, you might need some help. You know, we'll take care of just, I could take care of you. If you wouldn't mind just passing my information. Thank you. Like just something simple on that, but ask for a referral. Well, and this, so, and I've professional services and we did other things too, but one of the ways we built up our local presence outside of Google was through content on Facebook groups. This is so underutilized. People think that when somebody posts like, and I've seen a lot of those just in our little neighborhood group, I need someone for air conditioning. Who are you guys using? And usually the business owner and friends and family will just drop the name, but there's, they haven't built up any value value in that group. And I've done the same thing for this business. Obviously there's different ways to grow a business. You guys have awesome branding. Like if, if you ask a majority of contractors to name three digital marketing companies, you guys are probably in that list more often than not. And because you guys are everywhere, right? So there's different ways to grow a business that way. But from, if you, if you're looking for ways that aren't, if you don't have the budget for some things, put out content. You guys know so much about heating, air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, et cetera. Put out some valuable information in those Facebook groups because then you are looked at as the teacher in front of the classroom. And then what happens is people, and I, I just highlighted this the other day, we had a, it was in the, it was in the house called pro group. Someone was asked for a marketing company. We got it recommended by like five people that have never used our business because of the content we put out and because of the education we put out. And that stuff is val people find value in that. So even if they don't use you, they have a certain vibe or feeling about your company. And that stuff pays dividends. We had the same thing at professional service. I would make videos in my basement at my house about like, hey, if your if your furnace goes down during this extreme cold snap, here are four things to check before calling us. Just pure value. Like, yes, call us if you have a problem, but check your furnace switch, check your filter, check, you know, uh, make sure the vents are open. Like all these just little stupid stuff that anyone you could go on. If you don't even know what to talk about, go on YouTube and find a video and just do the same thing, but in your own words and stuff like that, share it, email, share it through Facebook, your personal page, share it on uh, some Facebook groups that you get permission. Do it from your personal profile. Don't do it from your business profile. Cause usually that's like <laughs> spammy salesy people. I tell you it, it's when you see the change happen in those Facebook groups and all of a sudden you're 60% of the recommendations and your overwhelming favorite in that group, it changes everything because that's, those are all brand impressions. So the next time that comes up and anyone that puts following or a dot or anything on those posts, engage with them. Hey, are you having the same issue? Talk, because they're, they're following because they want to get a recommendation. If you reach out to them and you try to find out what the problem is, you can book those calls. And I know this stuff sucks. You have to, you have to roll up your sleeves a little bit. It's extra work. It's a, it's, it's a grind, but it pays off dividends in the long run. And, and it that, sucks even more to not have the business. It, it sucks even more when you are looking for work or it's hot like this and you don't get free leads through Facebook. Right. You know, so it's, it's, this is when I, when I say get, 
back to the basics. These are the basics. These are the things that you probably should have been doing already. Maybe you don't know how to do or you need some help with. But once you start doing it and you start getting it, it will pay dividends. Get out in front of your community. Sponsor, you know, sponsor a charity. Do, do some charitable fund. I know you guys are huge on that here, um, which honestly, like, even from a, like, jealousy from a competitive standpoint, like, that, that's what we want to be as we get to be a larger company. We want to be able to impact the communities around us. But people remember that. And they have a certain impression of your brand when they see it. And if it's favorable or positive, most likely, if they, even if they don't hire you or they don't need you, they'll tell someone else about you. And that's really where the power of branding comes in. Yeah, and it, and by the way, you going and donating your time um, is donating your time. It's sweat equity. So, and and it's not like like Josh saying you go and do community service like it's going to give you business right away. That's not the point. You, the intent for it also matters, right? Like, we don't just go and serve um, to say, look what all the good shit that we do. Yeah. But we use this platform to continuously give back. Like fifteen years later. Um, because it is part of the DNA of the business. So we are doing good business um, because we do good shit for people. So we're not just like taking for granted the success of the business. We legit had Anna and I, my wife and I plan was always as this thing grows, we continue to give back. So anybody listens to the podcast episode that I did in Houston, it was one of the live shows I gave, which was completely out of the blue for me because I just told the story of Rhino and where we came from. It was the most vulnerable I've ever been because I shared all the failures that we had along the way, like the embarrassing shit then. So it was nice to share all those, you know, negative experiences I went through, the, all the mistakes that I actually made, the way it impacted my, me personally um, to what Rhino has become today. But still through all that, we gave back constantly, constantly gave back. So I'm not saying everybody has to do that. It's important to me. But it is a good marketing play too. If you legit want to go and do and donate and give back and serve the community and you mean it, the byproduct is it's great marketing for you. The byproduct of it is too. And when Josh says, if somebody's looking through social, I mean like, who do I use? And they see a business who does a lot of community service, uh, that lends well to your credibility and like your honesty, you know, and things who like doesn't, that. So. Who doesn't want to do business with somebody that's going to get back and grow the local community? Of course, man. And, and you should be involved in it. I will say this, like you talking about the Facebook group. So if you're listening right now, guaranteed in your community, there's a Facebook group community. Well, here it's neighborhoods. Like it's tight. Like you can it's get a neighborhood, tight. for yeah. sure. So like where I live up in Anthem, um, Arizona, uh, is where ProSkill is based out of. And Tyler and Travis Ringy, friends of mine. I've done a phenomenal job of owning that space. Somebody says, AC repair, pro skill. You know, um, so they're, they've owned it because they've done a great job of being super involved in their neighborhoods and communities. So like that, I mean, 30,000 homes up there, you know, and it's um, 30,000 people up there. It's a good little networking spot and they own it. Like, it's not even a question. You don't even see anybody else's name. Maybe you see one or two come up like every 20th time, but they own that market. You can do that as well, listener. But what he's saying is you don't need to go on and sell your services all the time. You're educating. So educate them. Different things come up. Different things happen. If there's a, you know, a lot of flooding, talk about sump pumps. If there's, you know, hail coming up, you know, or there's a tornado that happened or like in Indianapolis, a tornado happened and people are talking about, you know, uh, well, here's some things that you can do. If your roof has holes in it, throw a tarp on it. You know, you need to, if a roofer can't get there in time, like just different shit, but you can get like granular and all you have to do is use your sweat equity to do it. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. So I want to pivot because we're like already 45 minutes into this thing. And I want to pivot to some marketing things that they can control. So um, on the back half of this thing, like their local service ads. Um, 
So I don't remember if, if you and I had this conversation before or not, or if you knew this or not, but when Google first rolled out Google Home Services back in the day, we beta tested it for them. I remember in its you, first like nine months. And it was like, they, so they kind of explained what they wanted it to be. And really they were trying to use us for data as well, which was great because we were using them back for the data. And what it was then is not, not what it is today. So it's totally different. But, but the trajectory of it was, because um, this is when you can still do paid ads on the top and the right-hand side. And, um, and then eventually the right-hand side paid ads went away, which were garbage anyway, if you were past like the first or second one. Um, but the plan was to get this demand thing that's now, you know, the local service ads in play and then continue to scale it because now it's in prime real estate. Uh, the, you know, the cost per lead is still significantly lower than most cost per leads, but everybody's willing to put max budget on it. So like, okay, well, well, that's not working, Chris, but I've got max budget, you know, like, well, it's not all it plays into it. Like everybody's willing to spend max because it's like, everybody's like, Hey, if this works, Josh, I'll spend as much as I can with you to get the same amount of leads, the same shit that we hear forever. I get that. Me too. I'm no different, but there's strategy that goes into these things too. So, so if you're trying to manage your own local service ads um, yourself and you, and you don't know if you're doing a good job, you think you're doing a good job, you think you could do better, have one of us do an LSA audit or something to at least give you some feedback on how to do it better or have somebody do it for you to max out what you can there because it is a low risk. It is a low risk lead generation option for you. But local service ads uh, are an option. And most of us digital market companies are, are doing them now. Um, the other thing I would say is your um, just your Google business profile, like filling that thing out completely, making sure that if you're if you're in fall or you're in winter, you know, shift maybe your top category from AC now to heating, you know, and like those little things. If you're in plumbing, you know, making sure you have plumbing. If you're in residential, uh, if you're in residential air conditioning, you don't do any commercial, try to bypass the word HVAC. Typically generates a commercial keyword. So just like little things that you can help with. And by the way, I'm saying these things and you're like, well, how the hell would I know to do that, Chris? That's why I'm telling you. Like you can reach out to any of us and we will help give it to you whether you become a customer or not is, is not the point. That's why I'm telling you on here. Reach out and ask those things because that's a free tool that you have that you can play with and use. Um, so there's just a couple of things. I know you have some, so I don't want to take them all, but like, what, like what else can these guys and gals do to, you know, from the marketing perspective that, that they can start to do to help the business? Yeah. So, uh, the GMB thing, GBP, I'm just, time, bro. It's just G say Google maps. Just say Google yeah, maps. Yeah. Um, it's timely because one of the things, and that's, as you know, that's how I started my business. I didn't, I didn't do any of this. Stuff. I didn't do any of this other stuff. That's where I had my focus. Um, we just, and again, it's, it's a free resource, um, but we, we just put out like an optimization checklist because again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And it's all about giving free, valuable information. Obviously the hope is at some point you decide to call us and, and give us a shot, but we're not the fit for everybody. Um, so you guys can, we have a free resource, which I can certainly give you the link to that too. Um, but from, from some of the stuff we're talking about, I would, I would start with email. Like text message marketing is, is a completely different beast because it's more conversational. So you really have to give some thought to how, how you're going to approach that. Plus there's brand new regulations that are literally rolling out right now. Yeah. Um, email marketing regulations are pretty standard now. Um, just once in a while, email your customers, send, send them, send them something, send them a story of a customer that didn't, uh, they went with the cheap option and, and it ended up costing them a lot of money. And this is why. Tell them why. Tell them a story about something that's happened. Update them on your company. 
Like just, these are little things like just stay in touch with them. So they remember to call you the next time. Cause you know, as, as well as anyone with branding PPC and things like that, they need seven, 10, 15 impressions before they're actually probably going to call you. So that one time you stopped at their house is not enough. You have to continue to stay in front of them. And every single CRM now gets an email address. So you may not get a cell phone. There's still some people that have landlines um, and they give you a landline number. You can't text, but you get an email every single time because you got to send an e-receipt. So at least start emailing those customers and talking to them that way. I think that's a no brainer um, because if you start doing that, that leads into other content opportunities. It all, you can use the same content in email as you can in a video, in a blog, in a whatever you want, really. I mean, any social media platform that you have, name the one that you're you know, most familiar with. I would say Facebook and Instagram for like most homeowners, TikTok, if you have a younger mm -hmm. crowd, but um, that is one of the, that's something I've been doing since like 2018 is always just get back in front of those people. If it's time for tune-ups, get in front of them with a tune-up offer. But if you, if you lead with value, say eight out of 10 emails, those two emails where you send an offer, they'll actually reply to. If you don't, and you just, here's an offer, here's another offer, AC sale, AC with the, or free furnace with an AC, which is a fan, which I'm sure we'll see that in like two months. <laughs> you know, these things, those, those, those won't have much of an impact because they're literally going to put you on the same list that they put Walmart and all these other stores that's just send them offer, offer, offer. You know, you have to lead with value so they actually stay in the inbox. So that would, that would be the, probably the number one thing I would say is just talk to your existing customer. Do it via email. It's super easy. Everybody knows how to email these days. Yeah, I'm going to try. Uh, that's actually really great because um, I still think a lot of people don't use email marketing the right way. Like we're not talking like create a newsletter and fire off a newsletter. You don't have to be fancy. No. Don't think you have to be like this, like some of the newsletters you see in your inbox where it's all this crazy stuff. And, and if you, if you have, if you have any familiarity with chat GPT, have chat GPT, give them the email and say, Hey, write me a very, like an engaging subject line. <laughs> It'll do it for you. And it actually does a really good job. So you can use these tools to help you get a better, I'm totally guilty myself. <laughs> But things like that, just little things. Yeah. So I want to try and, and wrap, and I'm just going to finish with a few things. I'm not going to go deep into it. Um, and one also is, you know, we talk about using Facebook, you know, groups and things like that and social. But again, keep in mind, social media is still free. It has a decent reach, but social is meant to be social. I've said this forever. Um, and you can slip in offers here and there after you've given enough um, value, given enough or you've done enough education, but don't be afraid to use humor. Um, I love seeing memes. You know, I love like what I love most about like short form video right now is just the, all the funny shit that you get to see. That's like, I don't like, I really don't care about tort, you know, legal law or, or, or um, orthopedic surgeons or, but sometimes you see some really funny shit and I'm like, cool doesn't apply to me whatsoever, but it was funny and I watched it all the way through. So get creative on social. Like no one wants to call you in the first place or reach out to you in the first place. Right? So contrary to popular belief or, or not, people aren't wanting to reach out to home services companies to pay them to fix shit. Like it, it even me, like I just had to, I was telling you in Rhino, bring my own customer, uh, AC by J shout out to you for hooking me up uh, to take care of three of our uh, nine air conditioning units on this building. And uh, I'm like, son of a bitch, <laughs> I got to cover this cost. Like this sucks. Well, you uh, don't budget for it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody no, budgets man. for it. 
But the point is, is like, it sure was sexy when I needed air conditioning, um, you know, in th- these different, for my employees too. Point being is like, nobody wants to reach out to you. So what are you trying to do to get their attention? Well, one thing I learned from, <clears throat> the one thing I've carried into to this day for my partnership with Gary V was the two pillars that I need to build uh, to get any action from. And specifically in the social space was this, you either need to entertain someone or you need to educate them. And if you can do both of them together successfully, it's the best case scenario. So, which is why I love humor, putting humor into things, making it funny or making it like a heartstrings type of thing. But you need to put something out that's going to make somebody feel something fast in order to get them to do anything more. So guess what? You can use chat GPT to come up with ideas. Like there's a lot of things you can you use You can have them talk in the voice of the rock. I've seen, uh, I think it was Thaddeus and Evan did something like that. It was just, and it's hilarious because I grew up with that. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's funny. Like it actually sounds like him. Well, yeah, you can absolutely use yeah, that. Yeah, don't be afraid to step outside the box and try new shit, man. Like, you know, um, this is a great way to set your brand apart. Anyway, I was doing those. I've preached this for, you know, as part of my like six P's of marketing is the P's, the, per, the last piece personality because so many don't do it. And this is when I give my ship, the ship, my pants commercial like as an example i've used it forever you probably saw it in ceo warrior back in the day i can't remember if i ever used that one or a different one but i've used it a ton because it was a great example of a, a discount company kmart stepping way outside the norm and running a very successful campaign you know of ship my pants you know on the play of them trying now offering shipping which seems like ages ago right like that seems really weird um but so for some of you younger listeners you know shipping wasn't a thing uh, so for some people way back in the day but um, point being is use social to get creative. It's like the best way to get creative because you can throw shit out and if you can engagement, you know it works. If you throw some shit out there and it doesn't get engagement, you're no worse for the wear and you realize that doesn't work. So use social. Um, and then the last thing I'll say too is, and this is something we're big on here too, is when you're focusing internally, this doesn't mean you always need to be doing things externally. You need to be doing things internally. Like start to have fun with your team. Come up with like things. Like a, for instance, <clears throat> at Rhino, we have a good time committee. The good time committee uh, is quarterly, right? Is it quarterly, Ryan, still? Um, so quarterly where it's the same group of people who nominate themselves to be a part of it and they come up with all the fun things that we're going to do every single month, whether it be a potluck, a game, or whatever, but it kind of gets the internal workings of the business like to in, have fun and enjoy because our work is hard. Like your work is hard, listeners. Our work is hard as digital marketing companies. If you can imagine all your problems compiled up across hundreds, that's our problems. Um, so you got to make it fun. And so Little things like that get employees who willingly get engaged in coming up with fun things for you to do. It doesn't mean you have to like do lunches and stuff all the time. That can get expensive, especially if you're a big company, but you can do fun things. So doing stuff like that, um, contests are fun. You know, anytime you can have different contests about different things, if it's a referral contest, if it's a, um, you know, a, a contest for, uh, best booking, you know, rate, whatever it is, come up with some fun stuff. And can I add something to that real quick? Yes, we, real quick. And I, I know where he, he yep. keeps flagging us for time here. Um, so one thing that we did very successfully, we did yard sign contests. So one, our texts would always leave a yard sign again, small things, right? But when we did these contests, we'd actually have customers reach out and they'd want us to put a sign in front of the, the Oh, can I get a sign? Even though we haven't serviced them in like six months, 12 months, they want the sign in front of their yard again. And again, it's just brand exposure. But you run a yard sign contest, give the tech some money. Whoever wins, just you can do one of those like free drawing things on Facebook that looks super cheesy. Yep. Um, and then give give the homeowners just give them some money just to put their sign in their yard because that's free marketing for you. Use that out of your marketing budget, and just get again. How many people can drive by and see that sign? How many people walk by? If there's walking paths in your area, just get the signs out because that stuff people it leaves a lasting impression. Yeah. I totally just did that. Like I we um, we just. I moved into a new home and I'm building out my bar 
So, um, is that, the, is that where we're going? That's where we're going after this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the, and, and so I was driving by and like a guy was doing a room edition and I saw the sign and I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll just get a bid from this guy too. Cause I was already got like three bids cause it's, it, it already is expensive. So I did the same thing. I saw the sign and I'd never heard of the company before too, but it looked like they were doing a pretty good job and the site was clean, which was cool. Cause I'm like, cool. At least they're being clean. And, uh, and so I reached out to him. We, we hired the company that painted the outside of our house. We, we, we walked around the neighborhood and we saw his house. It's just like, wow, oh. like this was amazing. So we, we ended up calling them because of the sign. It was literally right in front of the yard. And they never, the beautiful thing about Arizona, you never really have to take that sign out. In Wisconsin, we had <laughs> snow and you had to take the signs out all the time. You but it. yeah. Well, uh, and I'll leave you with a couple of the two, two easy little last things to listeners. And thanks for hanging on this long for, for a, an hour. And, 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 and hopefully this has been as valuable as we hoped it would be in making sure like, yes, demand's down, but there are other options that you can do to help um, sustain business, grow the business, maintain business, protect your backyard, all those things. We've tried to share as much as we can and, which is, and what we've experienced through other contractors who've done it and done it successfully. So these things work. Um, another thing to, to, to start to take a look into, a few different things, is um, this new whole smart AC like sensor thing that they've got out has like really intrigued me. And, um, and the more I've learned about it, and I've had lots of conversations with Chad Peterman about it. He's a very close friend of mine, great company over in Indianapolis. Um, and his thought on how to use it, it's uh, it might be hard to understand. You're like, what the hell is smart AC? Um, Google it, look it up, check it out. I'm by no means an expert in it or anything I'm like that. I'm pretty sure Ken does something similar. Where they're, they're giving like the, the house they're at and they're like offering free ones to like the next na- the neighbors. Yeah, instead, just, of, instead of door hangers, they're doing, uh, when I was talking to Josh, yeah. I was talking to Josh at AHR and it's, they're literally like giving them to next door neighbors. Just free install. Put, put, yeah, DIY, they put it in their system. What it does is it sends feedback to you, to you, the contractor, and tells you when there's something going on with the system before it actually they can even reach out and call somebody. So it is kind of a neat It's almost concept. like cutting Google off at the knees a little bit. Like, to, hey, before you even go to Google, we have this thing that's literally going to tell you something's wrong. Oh, by the way, here's our information. Don't go to Google. A hundred percent send you direct to the contractor. Like it's pretty freaking cool. Like I still need more I need to, to learn and understand about it too. And, and, uh, but it was like an interesting concept whenever, whenever, uh, Goodrich was telling me about it and, and I didn't get the t- chance to talk to jo- Josh too deep about it, but just something else to think. I'm like, think outside the box on things like this on how you can capture the leads. And then the last thing I'll leave you with is, um, I don't know if you guys do this uh, at relentless, but um, you can almost have a, a thought board or a million dollar thought board. It's like, give your employees the opportunity to, when they're thinking through, like they they have challenges, they're thinking through like, well, here's a solution. Now they don't know the rest of the business. So maybe the solution that they give doesn't make sense, but you want to give them the freedom because every once in a while they'll come up with some good nuggets and we'll call it the million dollar board because sometimes that's a million dollar idea that they came up with that either saves us money, makes us money, whatever it is, but it gives them the freedom and their brain power from their perspective to come up with solutions to different things or ideas to different things. And people like to feel like they're part of the solution, right? So um, the I would just encourage you to come up with something like that that allows your employees to share their thoughts and ideas and don't just dismiss them. So another thing to put out there. But Josh, I appreciate you coming on here, man. I appreciate you. Uh, we, like, we, we no shit put this thing together like last second. And I was just like, you know what? This seems like a good idea. <laughs> Let's do it and let's have the conversation. And it's timely. It all makes sense. So um, I appreciate you appreciate you making the hour drive over from the opposite side of the valley here to check out the uh, the new office and join me on the on the podcast. You know, and and it's been cool for me just to, I mean, to watch your journey, like in my world, to watch your journey and to see you make the same mistakes I've made. To see you have the the success that you've had. Like I would say, arguably, um, you you had success faster than, than me, but my business didn't start when this exists. You know, like my success in the beginning came from the manufacturers. 
because I was partnering with the manufacturers forever, which is, by the way, a great model to be in <laughs> um, and still is. But it's cool to just kind of watch your journey and have and knowing what you're going through. And um, and then us being able to come and, and, and do this together. And we're in the same place now. Right. Obviously, you like me so much, you moved to Arizona. That's right. <laughs> but you just moved on the other side of the valley, so it wasn't like super cool. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you making your, your, you know, your time in here. I know we're going to spend a little bit of time chit-chatting afterwards, so I'm kind of curious to hear how all the things are going. But hopefully, listeners, you know, um, I brought him here because, you know, people have influence in the space, and Josh has influence. And he said some things that were absolutely true that is a big enough deal that I thought, let's go ahead and share that with our entire listener base too, because I think it's important. Now, you guys have, you and Tersh have Service Business Mastery. Love Tersh and Julie, both great people. Tersh helped me in the beginning too, putting this whole thing together. Um, so just a quick shout out to them because I think they're phenomenal people. Um, but appreciate you coming in here, man, sharing your knowledge. Listeners, you know, again, if, if you haven't checked out Service Business Mastery, um, Service Business Mastery, you can check it, check that out too. They've got their social pages. They've got their, face, or their Facebook group. They're on social, him and Tersh. And uh, Tersh is over on the East Coast. Um, fun area. Love where he's at. Um, so Savannah. Um, it's a whole different world over whole there. Different world. I love it over there. <laughs> um, uh, but anyhow, um, hopefully you take something away from this and you implement it, you know, but if you have questions, you obviously reach out to either one of us. And we'll be happy to at least guide you in the right direction. Doesn't mean you have to use us. We just want to help you. Um, but be sure to share with all your contractor buddies that demand is down, like it or not. And you've got to start looking internally, but you know, we gave a lot of options. Um, and this isn't an exhaustive list. Talk to other people. Maybe there's tons do, of things to there's do. There's so many great ideas out there. Just network with other people that are going through the same thing, and you're going to find some great ideas that actually will work for you. A million percent. Now, you don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.